speak here. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, here we Please, go. We'll get some, get some music going. Get the frivolity out of the way and something serious here. Catch the rich, feed the poor, Yep. Love to change that old world, and we're trying just as pedaling as hard as we can, I can tell you. Here we go on the Saturday edition of Radio Ranch, and it is the 12th today, so it's 11 12 22 today. And uh, Roger Sales with you in the group here on the Jitsi board. Hopefully, y'all are listening out there live on the streams, uh, that being the Eurofolk Radio Network stream and the Global Voice Radio stream. Uh, or possibly on a podcast later, which a majority of people, Paul tells me, not our Paul and the uh, the other Paul, our 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 Paul, <laughs> tells me the majority of people uh, that listen to podcasts, large majority listen uh, uh, later on the podcast, not live. So glad to have you, whatever your condition or situation may be. And uh, it's the Saturday show, which. We're kind of new, too. We've been doing it, what, a couple of months now, I guess, something like that. And it's just a day. It seems a little bit different, you know, to me uh, in the setting. Thursdays are different for some reason, they feel like, and Saturdays seem to dovetail right into that. So here we go. And we were talking right before the uh, server got hooked up, and Mr. Ken was telling us about interesting experiences that he's had. And so, Ken, let's just start right there. Yeah, it was a interesting day after the call yesterday. Uh, I went into town and went to a local, it's like a tractor supply store, but really small uh, business, local business. And I uh, had to order some stuff, and so I was standing there waiting around. And so to me, the fun place to wait around is by the toy counter. Um, and, uh, a, a gentleman was standing next to me and he was trying not to drool as much as I was as we looked at all the toys. And um, so just out of the blue, I just started up a conversation with him about, you know, different calibers and what he used and things like that. And um, and he said, well, yeah, I use a 45, but it's getting so I can't even afford to shoot it anymore. And um, so I I, you know, just kept up the conversation with them. And then I, I asked him, you know, by the way, do you know what the law is in Texas? Can you sell toys from individual to individual? And he said, yes, but you have to be careful because you can't knowingly sell it to somebody who's, you know, morally deficient or whatever the words he used. Um, or has, uh, you know, nefarious intentions. And he says, so it's, it's a little bit shaky in that area. And so I thought, okay, but it's still legal then. And he's all yes. And, um, anyhow, uh, so I started talking to him, you know, about these things. And then all of a sudden he says, well, yeah, I'm the county judge. <laughs> and, uh, so I immediately, uh, 
just kidding around. So, okay, I take back everything I said, but I didn't say anything that was, you know, I, I meant that. I was just kidding around. And um, anyhow, so I started talking to him, asking him, you know, about, uh, because I'd been at the sheriff's office a couple weeks ago, whenever it was, um, and found out that they were getting, you know, gobs of these uh, 30 plus page affidavit things from whomever, uh, you know, the people that like to kill trees um, and do affidavits and seeing if he had, uh, you know, experienced any of that. And um, anyhow, I tried to remember everything. I should have taken some notes, but um, he uh, said, yes, he was familiar with that. But um, so that that segued into the, the national conversation so I started talking to him about that and asked him if he was familiar with that and that there you know were different statuses and um, so I explained the system to him and what I had done and the issues I had had trying to get my ID here in Texas you know all the problems that I went through and you know, I had to drive all the way back to Washington to see if I get that one. And I came back here and anyhow, so then I told him that I was so frustrated with that. So I uh, applied for my passport card and I whipped it out and showed it to him and said, see that this proves that the system works because I had filed my affidavit and had then applied for my card and gotten it. And I showed it to him and, um, and I started explaining to him you know, what I'd gone through and the fact that since the post office didn't do it here in our county, that had to go through the courthouse. And he goes, oh, yeah, there was a guy that came in and, you know, the, oh, because by the way, uh, I forgot to mention this, um, Rogers, that I didn't personally go before the judge. The the district clerk took it to the judge Uh, and then. Oh, so you signed uh, it. So back. okay, so you signed it in front of the clerk, and he took it to the judge. Right. Okay, so the he clerk, did, yes. the clerk um, must be an authorized agent too, because she's probably an officer of the court. Be my guess. Right, and so he was telling me how the clerk had come to him with this paperwork and asking him what to do, and he said, "I don't know. You know, uh, we're supposed to just file it." And so anyhow, he was aware of all that. And I said, well, that was me. <laughs> <'Cause that's>, uh, <laughs> so, um, it was really funny cause he knew exactly what I was talking about. Cause I'm the only one that's done that. Everybody else in this area somehow or another got connected to the David Strait, the Anna Von leftist and David crooked, um, <laughs> type thing. Um, and uh, so it was just really funny because I was talking to him about all these things and everything tied in together. And so I asked him, well, would it be possible to, you know, stop by and talk to you about this and or get a conference call going with my mentor? And he said, sure. I said, well, when would you like to do it? And he goes, well, not next week. And I I said, well, what's going on next week? And he said, well, my dockets are all full. I have a really busy week next week. But um, he was very cordial and, you know, he bought his stuff that he came in to get and before he left, he said goodbye and uh, so it was quite 
interesting. So wow. I'm hoping that we'll be able to hook something up and get a conference call going. I thought about it a, a lot. I don't know if I can get him to, you know, dial into the show one day or it'll be separate or no, let's not, you know, let's, let's not intimidate him that way. Let's do it one-on-one if he's willing to do it first. That's much more personal and cordial. He doesn't want to come on here, you know, with all the, uh, all these people on here and everything else. I'd rather do it on the side with somebody like that. Let me give you another suggestion. You may want to, he's got a full docket next week. Uh, you may want to purchase, uh, him a copy of not my book, but Mel Stampler's book and say, here's a guy that was a former U S attorney and a federal judge coming to the same conclusions. I didn't even think about that. I have three copies already. I can give him one. Okay. Don't even uh, have to wait for it to come in the mail. <laughs> Good. So yeah, that I used might to pass those out like candy, even, you know, well before COVID years, I would pass those out to the people that I shopped with and the coffee place I used to go to gave copies to the gals there. And, um, yeah, then, that's why I just would I'd order from Barnes and Noble, you know, three, four, five at a time, and then pass them around, pass them out. Um, you know what I used to do, and it was when I found a book. I remember I did it with the Charles Adams book. I did it with the book uh, Goodbye April Fifteenth. Any of y'all remember that by Boston Tea Party? Is any anybody familiar with familiar that book that. Goodbye April Fifteenth by Boston Tea Party? Okay, another good book. Good Boston. Yes, Roger. There I you have, go. Gary, rem- Gary remembers it. I used to have a T-shirt. I met him at some of the expos. Nice guy. I think his name is Tom Rao, I think, something like that. Anyway, uh, I used to buy a case. I'd buy a case. I'd get the discount price, and then I'd turn around and sell them at our Patriot meetings or you know our little individual meetings we had concerning this stuff. And so uh, that's a good way to get information out. Uh, I think taking him by, just maybe drop him, not even having to see him, but if you just drop by the courthouse and and uh, maybe write even a little note, Ken, how much you enjoyed crossing paths with him and the conversation that you had in the at the gun counter. And uh, here's a, 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 not my mentor's book, but here's another book with even more credibility because the guy was a former U.S. attorney and district, uh, some sort of federal judge. And uh, then follow up because it sounds like he's genuinely open and interested to me, and I think that's a good lick, man. You never know. You never know who you're talking to. That's what I keep trying to expand on you guys and expound on you. Is you you heard of the you know about the three click rule, Ken? Have you ever heard that? Yes. Okay. Well, for the audience in Hatton, this is something that came out of CIA. All right. Uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And they said they had determined that you could get to anybody in the world with three clicks of a mouse. Somebody knows somebody knows somebody. Okay. You never know who somebody knows. That's the thing about network Roger, marketing, I, too. I yeah. left out a bunch of detail, but uh, during the conversation, when I started talking about the national thing, asking if he was familiar with it, he, he brought up the sovereign citizen thing and i immediately jumped on that and said well that's absolute nonsense i mean it's an oxymoron and it's like saying you're a sovereign slave and all that and he just started smiling big smile and he i don't remember his exact words because i was you know 
in a different on a different plane. I, I can't. I can hardly believe I remember anything at all right, because right. I was really out of my. Um, uh, it was above my pay grade to be talking to him, and um, he said, "I've learned more from you than I knew about this at all." And so, um, oh. it was it was uh, very see, enlightening. See, and what I tell I y'all, I'm, I'm going to stop you, <laughs> Ken. I want to stop you right there and make a point. These people don't know this. We're going up in front of judges like Judy in Georgia, and all they know is they're the local bigwig. You know that guy doesn't seem doesn't seem like he had too much ego revolving around his position. But you know some of these people do. They're the kings in their county. Uh, you know they always get the best tables at dinner. They go, I eat Mister Judge, Mister Judge, and all of the ego and stuff that comes with that for certain people. Some people are more affected by it than others, but that that's where. Our job is to educate people. That's why I stress educating yourself because you can't, you couldn't run into that conversation with that judge and have anything productive come out of it if you didn't know the information. Okay. It always goes back to there. All right. And I think that's fantastic, Ken. And uh, please gently follow up with him because it sounds like he's truly interested now for the other people that may come into this context of of one of these spontaneous totally unexpected meetings like ken's telling us or with a real judge that affects him because it's local okay and you can go back and go do you remember the jim crow laws they've made us all they've tricked us all into being jim crow that's as complicated as this is okay now, is it complex underneath? You bet your dollar, okay? Bottom dollar, top dollar, any other dollar you got. It's incredibly complex the way they pull this off. But look what they've done. They've fooled not only a whole country of tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people with this. <coughs> they've, fooled, they've, they've fooled the whole international community. And the sad part is that because they've made the U.S. dollar the world reserve currency, they control the rest of the world through this mechanism right here. That's how important this is. Okay, so sorry to interrupt, Ken. Go ahead if you got something to add. <laughs> well, um, it to me it was just kind of a godsend type of thing because I had no idea who this person was and was just you know being friendly with somebody who was there at the toy counter i mean that's just where we were both hanging out while we we're waiting for the people in the store to get to us because you know when you have to sometimes you know they don't have stuff around here and they have to order it and so that's what we were both waiting for and so now, what better Ken, place to you don't live in lubbock Go ahead. you don't live in lubbock proper you live outside of lubbock is that correct Correct. Okay. In another county? Is Lubbock in another county? Or you, you, or it sounds like it's yeah, in Lubbock's another county. Lubbock's in Lubbock County. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm in a, a different county. I'll, okay. I'll refrain from saying anything until I right. have more information. Then yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll let it all out. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, because I have his name. Oh, that was the other thing is while I was talking to him, I said, do you have a card? And he said, sure. And he whipped out his wallet and gave me a card. Oh, so, how fantastic. Um does it have his email address on there by any chance? Uh, I 
don't recall. Hang on a second. I'll look. Uh, I'll be right back. Okay. All right. If it's got his email on there, it would facilitate you getting him some of that stuff or at least communicating with him. Gary, you had something to add a minute ago while Ken's looking for that. Yeah, you said three clicks to the mouse. I was taught it was Six Sigma and that with uh, six contacts, you can reach anybody. Okay, well, I heard three, and that's what stuck in my mind could be either. But point is, is you can get to somebody with a few steps you know it's like and it reinforces the statement of you never know who somebody knows you know well and two roger i heard the only good thing to come out of texas was queers and steers and i don't know if you can educate (laughs) you sound like a movie i've seen good luck kid no i think fantastic jim and i've had similar circumstances and the people usually end up being coming to our classes on monday night so how's that going uh, we haven't had a report on that here in a few weeks how's that well, going we didn't, have one last, we didn't have one last monday we had a nice six inch snowstorm come through uh-oh so i can't pass yep understandable yeah it's a uh, montana in we the winter well we don't want to get our nationals just we're getting them straight we don't want to get them killed you know so that's good that's good right. planning <laughs> Yeah, well, no, your the temperatures was, there's like a, last night. There's there's few enough of us as it is, Gary. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we're getting down in the teens at night up here, which is normal for yep. this time of year. Right, of course. We got down to eight, well, right where I'm at. I was at 18 and a half degrees last night. Okay. Yeah, so it's uh, – it's normal for this yep. time of year, like I said. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll. Oh, and then it's uh, Kim you Trail City today. It just as far as the eye can see, and you can see pretty far here on the high plains. I mean, just the entire sky, every direction, north, south, east, and west, is just all chemtrails. I mean, unbelievable. So, and yes, it actually it does have his uh, email address on here, which is surprising because. My card from the sheriff doesn't have his email address. Um, I would drop him a little follow-up email and just say, I, I was so pleased to meet and speak with you uh, uh, Friday, uh, and uh, I look forward to further helping to further your understanding of this critical matter, something like that, and then drop by and drop him a a little with a handwritten note. This is a, a, this fellow was a federal former prosecutor and federal judge, and although uh, he's come to the same conclusions, he you know I don't know that Mel Stampler. I've never read his book, okay, but I remember when it came out and the talk about it, and I'm pretty sure that he's isolated it down. He might not be as exact on the feudal system and all the old English law and all that stuff that's in my book that John and Glenn put in there. But it's still, from from a credibility standpoint, standpoint, Mr. Stampler and his background has got a lot more credibility than I do. Yeah, it's just uh, funny how things work out because I've I've tried and tried and tried talking to people around here, everything from store uh, people, store owners to the sheriff deputies um and you know i mean you know my story and <laughs> man what a offices and, what a better position <laughs> to be in than a small county where you've educated the local judge 
Yeah, it. Uh, I I still can't believe it. Uh, it. I'm at a loss for words. I'm surprised I could even communicate with him because you know I was. Uh, the only thing I can think that I sound like was ar, 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 <laughs> right, you know? right, right, right. Yeah, put him in, <laughs> put in an email something like, "I look forward to showing you how the system has been engineered to make us all Jim Crow." He'll know what that is. Yeah, something. I thought about it an awful lot. I um, I just want to be really careful about what I say before we have an opportunity to have the conference call with them because I don't want to give him too much food for thought where he could um, decide that that because I don't know you know what other groups or organizations he might be a member of, and I can just about guarantee you he's a member of one that um, I'm not a member of. And um, so... Well, be I, cautious. Use your own discretion, but but please pursue that, because I would love to sit down and speak with him. Oh, heck yeah, I'm going to pursue it. I mean, this is, you know, it's like the goose that dropped the golden egg I mean, right in my lap man so, talk um, about solidifying your new status in your local area you just uh you hit a grand slam home run it sounds like ken yeah, so i just want to be really careful uh to be able to build the case uh you know without any interference you know so he, he gets it delivered all at one time and so there's no uh, opportunity for any other interference. Uh, now, I was hesitant you, to even bring it up, you, you know, before I scheduled the appointment. But I figured, well, if everybody prays about it, that it should help it happen. You could, you could also take one of the either the Deanna Spingola or probably with this guy the Tom D interview, and send him that in an email, and he could listen to that, and that's a pretty good presentation of this material. Or, yeah, or the other one. That. I just, you know, I honestly, looking back, and again, I'm a, I'm a harsh self-critic for, for me, okay? And one of the better presentations I think I've ever done, unfortunately, you didn't get to finish it, was John, was John B. Wells. I, I really I liked the way I approached it and laid that out. It was very, you know... Here's the Matrix. Who better to ask about the Matrix than Morpheus? This is what Morpheus said, and take each one of those statements and explore them and expand them. I just thought it was a very interesting approach, and I tried that with Rihanna. Uh, I believe that was her name out there in Nevada City, and then I thought, well, I'll just do that on John B. too, and it turned out really well, and I'm sorry we haven't been able to follow up on that for whatever the reason. Well, the thing that was um, good about that interview is that you could, during the, that one interview, you could progressively, or you could see how he progressively, uh, the light just got brighter and brighter and brighter um, and that he was getting it, or he had already gotten it and he was fully getting it uh, during that short period of time because i mean he he mentions it himself that 
you know, because he had comprehension of the, well, the concept. Well, you and, know, Ken, uh, over, so. over all these years, and I, I was in sales, you know, my, my entire life, marketing of some type, and I can tell when somebody gets it, okay? And that's what I said at the time. Either he's an incredibly bright understudy, or else he had gone and done some show prep and, and was familiar with the material to some extent. But I promise you on the air, he got it. Because his comment, I remember when I tied in the bonds, and the, it, it, the, he made the comment, he said, where you got me was where he said bond was the root word of bondage. And he made that comment during the show. Okay, So uh, he got it now. Again, the situation there, uh, just wait and see. You know, it's disappointing uh, to me, obviously, and everybody else, I think, including probably John B.'s audience. Uh, but you can see the amount of control these people have asserted throughout the whole system right there. Well, is I know that uh, his office stuff still shows Dallas. Um, but is his radio show now out of L.A.? I have no idea where he is. I, I think, I think, I've never investigated it. It seems to me that he is affiliated with and uses Sinclair Broadcasting's platform. Now, uh, if somebody wants to do some research, if I'm, if that's wrong, it'd be great. I'd like to know it. But I think that he uses Sinclair Broadcasting. Mm. That's how he's hooked up. Now, Sinclair Broadcasting is, if I remember right, is uh, uh, they're mainly TV. They've got a huge complement of you know those collages you see where they have all they start with somebody saying something and they add somebody saying the same thing and then somebody else and pretty soon there's a screen full of people using the same line i think one of those came off sinclair broadcasting okay uh but i'm pretty uh, sure that's who sinclair the sinclair family from ireland i'm not sure i'm not sure i just know that's the I'm name of the even got on there the first time <laughs> well they could they no they pulled really you know uh, they pulled eli back too you know eli got on there and started talking about the j word one night and brianna uh, Bri uh brindy brindy got a hold of him and said we caught a bunch of heat we can't have you back for a few weeks same thing they told me uh so don't know much more than that and if that's the way it is that's all right we'll just do an in run around them you know i mean that's what i've been doing for all these years is just an in run around all these damn obstacles well we're uh we're about ready to start playing with fire i think it's, well it's, it's getting, getting pretty interesting it's getting pretty big and uh, uh i got an email this morning from somebody who listened to all three uh, segments of the Sarah Westall interview. Now, here's something that was done six months ago. It still pops up about once a week, once every 10 days. I get one or two of those requests. And she goes, uh, well, I've studied Anne Von Wrights and David Strait and others and this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, and so I wrote her back this morning, sent her the links and this, that, and the other. So we'll see. But we're growing. And the, the whole national thing, I guess maybe we can – Thank David Strait and Anna Von Wrights at this point for at least heating up the market, you know, uh, and it's becoming a topical thing. Now, the problem is what their processes is, and is there a chance of them screwing up the whole thing with their process like Tim Turner did with the uh, perfect example that you told us a minute ago with the word sovereign? 
citizen. Boy, my stomach's acting up here this morning. So um, anyway, uh, onward and upward we trudge one day at a time. We've got the truth. They're scared as hell of it. And uh, all our job is is to educate as many people as fast as we can, you know. Honestly, our strength, although individually, of course, we're all strong. Uh, the the more you better you learn the information, the stronger you're going to be. Uh, but our strength in numbers is is what we're looking for. And uh, I know Merca, Merca, you sent me an email that you had sent something to Dale Bigtree and uh, and uh, Mike Adams uh, right. uh, promoting me, right? And what we do. And maybe it's time to start thinking about one of these concerted hit attacks again, like ask the audience, will you please just drop Mike Adams an email over at uh, Situation Update at, oh, what's the what's the mail address? Uh, the one in Switzerland. Uh, I can't think of it, but that private, private email service. Uh, but things like that, we could do that, you know. It hadn't worked before, but that doesn't mean it might not work. There's more of us, more people passionate about it. Sit down and write an email. And, you know, I, 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 Jim White and Gary can't get Mike Adams' damn ear. Maybe this would, you know. Yeah, I got confirmation from um, Big Trees High Wire. Um, oh. And they said that they were going to try to. They're, they're going to review my email and then uh, give me a call. Oh, that's fantastic. Or Mark. contact yeah, me. I've so seen, I'm hoping that they do. I, I've seen a big tree on Alex a few times here, and he's very professional, evidently, uh, very passionate, and I've got good vibes from him. So, yeah, I'd love to get with any of these platforms that can eventually lead us to AJ. That's, that's what we want. You know, I mean, I'll take all the other ones, of course, but Mike Adams got a direct route in there. Big Tree's got a direct route in there. Some of these other guys do, too. So we'll see. Day at a time, you know, uh, I've I've turned it over to the big guy. When when you're ready to open the door, I'm ready to walk through it, you know. So I'll let let me go. Roger. Yes, sir. Hey, Gary. That's the thing with Ken and this judge. uh, I fully believe that God puts people together and to educate. Uh, it's not just us being in the right place at the right time. I think he arranges for the right place at the right time. Uh, Gina and I had experience this summer where we act, we went to a festival down at a picnic table with some people. Now those people have been coming to my class for six months. So, I mean, I, I just think God puts it puts the people together well the thing with ken Ken, is particularly interesting because this is the judge that he went through to have to get his passport card that he's showing him in the in the conversation not realizing he's the judge now what immediately comes to my mind is this situation recently with the guy out of missouri that uh got the speeding ticket and the seatbelt thing so he went into the judge and the judge looked at him and he made that statement i've read your affidavit you know you're not going to get them to read a 31 page booklet opus by david Strait, but they'll look at a one cent, one piece of paper and those two paragraphs and believe me that judge knows enough law ken that he grasped it right from reading those two paragraphs. Now, he may not have got his arms around all of it, but he knew that you were right on point with that affidavit because, buddy, it's right slap on point, okay? 
Well, and we don't mention sovereign citizen either. No. Like you said, it's a moron. Another thing Ken needs to do is pray. <laughs> I think pray Ken, Ken does a lot of that, evidently. Yeah, well, in this situation, probably do more. <laughs> um, well, you all need to. Well, yeah, that's yeah. true. More. Yeah, you, I, don't, I don't know yeah, if you can do too much of that. Ken asked us all to pray. You can't. So comes out. Uh, you can't overdose on prayer, right? No, no it's a, actually you can't. We're um, supposed to pray unseemly. Go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, also bring in something here that uh, we've touched a nerve at the State Department. Finally, they've had they get they've gotten concerned because after all these years of an occasional bluff letter and something from the IRS. All of a sudden, three or four people have gotten uh, letters from the State Department from a whole nother division, the Consular Service. And uh, I, I've, they, I got somebody scanning. The people want to take a picture of it with their camera and send it to me, and I just can't read it. You know, by the time I blow it up where I can read it, magnify it, I, the, everything loses its uh, focus. So it's difficult to read. But uh, I scanned one of them uh, briefly. I hadn't really sat down and attacked it yet. I've learned you let the dust settle on these things for a couple of days. You know, you got ninety days to respond to them. I don't even think there's a, I don't even think there's a time limit. But they're citing in the one that I kind of looked at closer than the others, and I'm sure they're all the same uh, because that's how they do it. I've learned. Uh, they're citing uh, two sections of the code dealing with American Samoa and Swains Island and the phrase in their outlying possessions. Now, Nadine, Nadine, are you with us today, sweetie? She's not. Yes, Rob. Oh, there I'm you here. are. All right. There's Nadine. Nadine, you came up with this a couple of weeks ago because you came on here one day and you asked me and read something about outlying possessions. Remember? Mm-hmm. And I said, well... They- Outlying possessions are very different from the phrase outlying territories. Well, they're trying to go back. Where Did you just stumble on that, or, or, or where did you find that when you addressed we it? We were talking about it, and somebody put it in the chat, and I was reading it along as you were talking about it. Right. Okay. Well, that's what they're they're relying on, evidently, on this new set. So they, they're getting concerned enough where they must have had a meeting, and they said, well, we're going to try a different approach. And so that's what this is, it seems like to me. I've had a couple of days to noodle on it at this point, but I haven't gone back and really studied it. I'm going to draft them a letter, and uh, I'll I'll have Paul put it on the website, and then people can pick and choose because I have a tendency with these guys at this point to be a little more forceful than you may want to put your name to in a response. So I'm going to put it in there and, you know, like, dear Mr. Secretary of State, former slave master, you know, that kind of thing. That's that's how I would address them. But you can pick and choose and change that to your own temperament, but I'll sit down and draft something and we can post it and people can, as with the IRS letter, just uh, take and pick and choose what you'd like out of there and uh, – uh, go ahead and send them a response but i did think about because they're saying something we don't and it's interesting and I, I like i said i've gotten three or four of these just in a couple of days and uh so one guy said we've already gotten our passports well now they're sending them this thing saying oh we can't file any paperwork associated with a passport application now this is a renewal okay after the original one 
well, that's just BS, you know, because you got the warning box in both the 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 original DS11 and the DS82, and the warning box is in there because it's the feudal system, and you could volunteer out at any time. We're in a silent contract here, okay, that runs generationally. So um, I'll sit down, put some thought to it, spend a little time, and draft up something and post it where folks can uh, pick and choose and uh, uh, choose their response. But what I was thinking about is if they're saying basically we can't file this, well, what we're going to do with that letter is we're going to put in the letter two exhibits, Exhibit A and Exhibit B. And Exhibit A is going to be another copy of your affidavit because they got to put this in your administrative file. See, we know their game. We know their process. They've got to put the letter they sent you and any response you put sent back to them, it's got to go in your administrative file because that's a court of record. See? So what we'll do is we'll have responses with people, put Exhibit A, and you're going to file your affidavit, and then Exhibit B, B1 and B2, are going to be those two pages of court sites where it says U.S. citizens are property of the federal government. And so in replying to this nefarious little uh, attempt at obfuscating this and to turn people yet again, it shows you where they are with this, folks. Always see, watch what they do, okay? And it allows you to get that shoved up right up their ass. So actually, it's a, it, it's a wonderful opportunity to continue to show them, you ain't fooling us. We know what you've done. You're culpable. Here's more evidence. Yeah, Gary? Well, at the beginning of the show, I think in the pre-show maybe, they were talking about pissing on air. Do you think maybe we're starting to get some people pissing up there on the seventh floor? I guarantee you, buddy, they wouldn't be doing this. They, they've always just done this little bluff letter. The paragraph's always the same. Well, now it's totally shifted, and it's from another division and a total new approach. You don't think they're concerned about this? If you don't think they're yeah, concerned about this, you're wrong. They're starting to get too many of them. Yep. Yep. A whole bunch whole bunch of lawyers got together and tried to figure well, out, how, well, how can we bluff these people? What, what can we do? See, again, do they deny anything? No. Nope. Do no, they we've rebut? got a couple letters. Have you, uh, last week, the week before last, one of my guys, a very smart guy um, named Bruce, he got one from the consular department. Okay. So, so it's a concerted uh, effort. I think I saw the first email show up like, late last week maybe yeah and this was after he had had already got his passport yep. back yeah his passport card that may be the same so, email i got that may be the guy that sent me the first one gary actually i, I forget i get a lot of emails you know so uh oh, yeah anyway i try uh, not to bug we can handle ourselves well i appreciate that a lot and that's what i want y'all to do i want people to be independent i certainly don't mind consulting and i don't mind sitting down in this type of a situation and doing for people but i'll tell you what warms my heart is people like chris in tennessee when he got one of those he just handled it himself got his paperwork told me about it afterwards you know so I, I appreciate people that have taken the initiative, learned the information, uh, know their way around a little bit, and know how to address this stuff. So that just shows y'all are learning, and we're becoming stronger. See, so cool beans. But it looks like we've touched a nerve up there, where they flipped it over to the consular service and uh, trying this outlying possessions head fake. 
God. Hey, listen, they're desperate folks to, to come up with that and trying to go that far and hoping we don't know about the term outlying territories and where it's used and where it came from, which of course we know. Okay. So anyway, interesting. Um, they're, uh, yeah, they, they can rig an election, but they can't rig this without taking off the mask and being open tyrants. Go ahead, Gary. Well, they rig the election just by the 14th Amendment. I mean, it plainly states in the 14th Amendment that if you're a U.S. citizen, you're in rebellion against your state. So therefore, your vote doesn't count. Go back to the Libra Code and read that. Read the Libra Code. General Orders 100 by a Jew out of North Carolina. Yeah, a uh, communist. You forgot no, communist. Uh, yeah, a commie that developed those for Abraham Lincoln at the beginning of the Civil War. Yep. So it's just uh, – and, and if you go through and look at every military – if you look at every military war program, uh, they're written right off the Libra Code. If you – FM uh, – oh, I can't think of it. FM 25-1 or 6, something like that. Just go read it and compare it to the Libra Code, and you got the same exact thing from 1860. Well, we'll just remove so, ourselves from all that crap and uh, continue to grow in our ranks and continue to grow in our education, and that grows us in our strength. And as we add people that are educated, we get uh, uh, we get force and we get impact, and uh, you know that's what we're striving for. The thing about it is, understand some of the definition that they're using. An outlying possession is something that you either own or you can control. A territory just means something that is adjacent to you, not something that you own or control. It's just something that is adjacent. And you know what, Gary? And I, I don't scour this stuff anymore, and I haven't in years. But and that's where a lot of you guys come in, in so invaluable, because you're out there new and you're looking at stuff. Okay, and that's great, and I encourage you to do that. I don't remember ever seeing them use that term anywhere, but right there, I believe it's Title Eight, Section Eleven O One. In the definition of national, a national is someone born in American Samoa, Swains Island, or, and, I don't remember, the outlying territories. I don't remember them ever using that phrase. I do remember, however, years ago, remember Joyce Rosenberg, Gary, and, uh, oh, Peter Nice? Does that ring those names? Pardon me? The one that Obama pardoned? No, 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 Jewish. no, 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 no. This is a Jewish gal that was a legal researcher. She used to be on with another guy from California, I believe, Peter Neese. Uh, they were on okay. with Statmiller every week for a long time, and then Rosenberg, Joyce Rosenberg, died. Uh, but she's pretty good uh, straight-ahead Jew, okay? She's the one one day, and she's quoting, you want to hear a good statute? And she reads this law that somebody, a, a senator in California, had proposed, okay? And it was the senator, and his name escapes me right now, dadgummit. Uh, but he was one of John and Glenn's students, okay? He was at one of the confabs. I was out out there in Vegas. And so uh, Dale... I can't I can't think of his name and I it was used to be indelible in my memory. Uh regardless uh, Don Rogers I believe was his name Senator Don Rogers. And uh, she said listen to this and she reads it out and he was one of John and Glenn's students, you know. 
Uh, but he, I, I remember Peter Neese on there one day, and he was going, we're territorial citizens. And he made that statement, and I, I have to believe that he had gotten it out of looking at that national thing, but he tagged it with that, which is an appropriate label, okay, from the standpoint of the way they've done this. But I thought that was quite insightful at him, and then he's dropped off the map. I haven't heard anything about him in years, although I think he's still alive out there. Peter Neese, if any of you run across him. Morning, Roger. Hello. Is who's this? It's Byron. Oh, hey, Byron. Hey, a couple of things. One to kind of go along with Ken was saying. I've got a friend uh, here. He's a marshal for the local city um, courthouse. Right. And I've shared a lot of stuff with him, and we have bumped heads on everything except the document that you have on the website shows right to travel without a driver's license when i printed that out and showed it to him he was arguing with me until he started reading it and then after he read it he looked at me and he goes i think you might have something right here well uh, ask him here's here's the you want to approach him on our stuff go get the certificate of non-citizen nationality printed out off the state department website Highlight that sentence, according to the INA, all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. Okay? And then these are the questions you ask him, Byron. Did you know, question number one, did you know you had a dual political status? Well, you know, of course, what's he going to say? No. Have you ever been asked if you're a U.S. national? What's he going to say? No. Have you ever been asked if you're a citizen of the United States or a U.S. national? Now, we found there's one place where they do ask that in that form, and that's on an FFL license, uh, uh, application, okay? So if you're going to go toy shopping somewhere in that form, they ask that question because Mike has uh, uh, graciously turned us on to that. And then the last question you ask him is, if not, why not? So, did you know you had a dual political status? Have you ever been asked if you're a U.S. national? Have you ever been asked if you're a citizen of the United States or a national? If not, why not? You lay that one in front of him. I like that. I like that. Okay, now there's, share, there's, uh, another, there's okay. another one that I was alluding to a minute ago. I think Paul has got it up on the website. Paul, have you put up there that two pages of court sites that prove that uh, citizens of the United States are federal property? Uh, yes, I believe it's up okay. There. That's on the website too, Byron. And you might also use that right there. He liked the driving, uh, con- uh, uh, little concise court case thing. Here's another one on this subject: two pages of court sites on how you citizens of the United States are federal property. And I've got a uh, speeding ticket coming up in that court December 9th. And after I showed him that, he said. I'm going to have to walk out the room when you come in. He said, I'm not going to be able to stay in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, there's something else I wanted to share, too. I think I was listening back to Tuesday's show when y'all were talking about churches. And for the last two years, I haven't had a church because my church turned their back on me. And and they're not trying to, you know, 
no names out here, but I was going to church at WFR where the, the Robinsons go. Robertsons. And uh, it's a big church. And I thought, you know, and they really, they taught my family how to bring Christ into it. And they taught us, you know, a lot of things. But whenever things went down south the last couple of years, they just went right along with all of it. Yeah, of course. And uh, when, I, when I started speaking out at school board meetings, I asked them to pray for me, and not a single elder would even pray with me because they told me that it had absolutely nothing to do with sharing the gospel. So for the last two years, I have felt like church was no more, like there's not going to be a church. You know, the things y'all talked about, the different religions and all out there. And I want to tell you, talk about prayer this morning, prayer works, because my wife's been praying for our kids and, and that, and that something would happen because she was worried about her kids. And I got invited to a church last week and we walked in there and the preacher, I knew, I knew the spirit was talking to me because the preacher was talking about the lady who touched Jesus's garment, how she, she went against the grain because she knew they knew she was an outcast society. And she went into those people and went in there to touch Jesus. So she went against the grain. Right. And he stood up there and said, we need men and women that are going to go against the grain well, on what society is saying. Well, sounds like and, you found yourself a church home. And I sat down and talked to the preacher that night. And I told him, I said, before I bring my family into this, I said, there's questions I need answered because Satan's a deceiver. And um, I said, I want to know what, what kind of church is this? Where's, what's our vision? And he said, Byron, he said, I just don't believe in man-made religion anymore. He said, we love Jesus and we share Christ. And I just got up and hugged him. I said, let's go. Let's go. Great, Byron. So, uh, sounds like he's open to being. So it, it sounds like he's open to being educated, too. You may be a real force in that little congregation. Good for you. Uh, yeah, let's keep praying about that. I've, I've, I've just barely, like, just briefed over some things. And I think that's something, once we get closer, that I can – you know, start introducing and hopefully uh, make a movement down there. Uh, let me uh, question. Is he 501c3? I'm trying to find that out because he made a comment about that the other day about um, you can't say certain things whenever you are. So oh, Okay, that's and, right. Uh, well, there's 28. If you, I've seen the list years ago. There's 28 different things that a pastor cannot preach uh, about. Uh, from the pulpit that have all to do with public policy, you know, laws for the serfs, uh, abortion, they can't politicize, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I don't know all of them. Like I said, I saw it probably 25 plus years, 30 years ago. So, uh, but yeah, that's definitely something you ought to ask him and, and, uh, maybe enlighten him a little bit if he doesn't know about it. Cause what are you really doing? One of the back ends of this is because what the big enticement for 501c3 is, is that you get tax deductions. So the church, as you contribute and tithe to the church for you to get it tax free, the church has to report all the Christians that tithe to the church to the IRS. Wow! Hey, Roger, do what now? And I'm going to go to Gary. What was your comment, Byron? Okay. I wonder if we can make it make the church a PMA. I don't know. You, you have to find out what status he's in right now. I know there was a guy up in Indianapolis years ago that had a big church that he tried to remove from 501c3, and they had a whole bunch of problems. I don't remember all the particulars, but some of you folks may. Gary may. You're from that part of the country. Gary, you remember that? 
Yeah, and that was that was a land grab. I think I thought that they were after they were after the property the church was on. Yep, a developer wanted that property. Also, I wanted to relate to Byron and whoever else. If it wasn't for preachers, you wouldn't be sitting in the USA right now. They're very true. Go study, go study the black-robed regiments. It, it, you just would. We would not be a nation right now if no. it wasn't for the preachers. In the Revolutionary War, the preachers would preach at the pulpit on Sunday. They'd take their robe off, grab their musket, and muster out with the men of the congregation. Yeah, and, Roger, you know, people may not think about it, but you know how they've made it politically incorrect to talk about two things. One's politics and the other's religion. That's nothing but a psyop because our ancestors, that's all they did talk about when they got together at the local drinking establishment is they talked about politics and religion. I mean, you know, it's and you hear it's unfortunate when you try and talk to other people that aren't aware and you mention politics. And how many of you heard? Oh, I hate politics. I don't want anything to do with it. Well, you know, if you don't embrace politics politics will embrace you i promise you well those are the same idiots roger that walk down to the polling place and pull all red yeah or all blue mm. yeah one of the roger. other yes paul um gary from montana might might be able to identify with this and david from arizona was unmuted a moment ago i muted him because he had some background noise he might have something to say okay but um it's interesting that you're talking about like the ffl and all that because i've never heard of the three click rule i have heard of six degrees of separation and i have heard of the click clack boom rule so Okay, but I I had never heard of the three click. It just sticks in my mind from years ago. You know, stuff registers with me and it sticks. So that's one of them. And uh, I just remember that because I, I was shocked at it. You know, uh, I guess uh, three three clicks could also mean your ammo's wet. <laughs> it sure could. <laughs> now, David, uh, David, I don't want to uh, bypass somebody. Want to say something? I had your mic open, David. Did you want to say something, or was that an accidental brush of the mute button? Okay, I'll take it as an accidental brush of the mute button. Who else has got something they wanted to bring forward this morning? Uh, uh Roger. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hello, Roger. Yes. This is Kay. Kay. I just wanted to tell the fellow. Yes, hi. Hello, hello. Um, the fellow who was calling up and he was uh, looking for a pastor and everything, Chuck Baldwin yeah. is out of Montana. He's in that same place in Montana where the big group of people that follow you, Roger. And Gary. Um, I don't know what he knows. And he's Chuck a Baldwin, but agent oh. telling you right now he works for the feds, period. Well, there you go, I don't okay. think so. It's not a 501c3. I wanted to let you know. Gary, He's why do not you, a 501c3. Gary, let me ask you, why do you say that? And I, you know I respect your opinion and your insights, so I'd li- I'm interested in why you'd say that. Because I've sat in his congregation more than once. He's lost about half his congregation, but you don't see that on his little podcast. Just Well, you do, because he was at one time a 501c3. Why don't and, um, you check into Baldwin's 
and, retirement and, and evangelical. Hold on. Hold on. Both of you can't talk at the same he, time. He was in Florida. Yes. He was in Florida. He was in Pensacola. He was a, a pastor of an evangelical church, 501c3. He left that. He left Florida. He left the whole thing behind him. And he started another pastoring. I don't know how long it took him to set something up there in Montana. Um and he's not a 501c3. He's very extremely, uh, he loves the Founding Fathers. I have a booklet from him. It's called, um, what's it called? Um, uh, it's all the documents, founding documents, not only um, of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, but also the Articles of Confederation and also the letters between John Adams and his wife and different things like that. It, he has a lot of the documents. It's probably about an inch and a half thick, full of nothing but our founding documents. So anyway, I'm, uh, I understand if you don't, if you don't want to do it. Okay. That's fine. I get it. I get it. I know that he also has, um, people saying bad things about him because he is not a 53. And he's very much against the Jewish takeover of America, and he talks about it, and he preaches about it. Well, he, and so, well, man, um, well I'll tell you, I personally yes, said in the office, I personally know numerous people who have been treated terrible, I mean terrible, by Chuck Baldwin. Go check into his retirement program at that church in Pensacola, and then maybe you might change your viewpoint. I'm wondering what he's doing with the documents that he has. In the meantime, in the meantime, he has all these founding documents. In the meantime, I've and, not, I've okay. not caught him out anything that I disagree with when he preaches. Anyway, yeah, okay. Go um, ahead. I'm just wondering what what he's doing with those documents. What is he doing? Is he educating people, or you know, he has yeah. the documents? They, what is they he? Are for, they they are for per, per, purchase. I think they're about thirty thirty five dollars. It's for a whole booklet, um, about an inch and a half big, and uh, he's trying to educate people. He wants to get the founding documents out there again. He loves the founding fathers. There is a lot of what I would call, excuse the expression, black PR about him. And um, I would like, I, I, I will go and I'll look at what you say. Uh, I I forget who it is. Kay, who believe is me, that. Gary. I'll, I'll Gary, believe me, Kay will research. Okay. But um, you know, the, the founding I, fathers I, I are the ones that. Hold on, hold on. Both of you can't talk at once. Go ahead, Kay. We'll get to Marco. Go ahead, Kay. He preaches. He takes the Jews to task. He he is right along with Roger in his viewpoint of, uh, of the Jews, and he uh, preaches a, a scripture right out of the Bible. He has a uh, Matthew Henry Bible he sells also. Um, anyway, I'm not saying he's for everyone. I'm not saying that, but so far I have not seen anything that I disagree with, but I know that there are people who are after him, and, and who say bad things about him, 
and I refuse to believe them because I would rather make up my own mind. Well, you know what I find interesting. I would rather make up my own mind. What I find interesting. What version of the Bible does he profess from? Just out of curiosity, do you know? Is he like a KJV guy or KJV only? King James. Okay. Um, He has references to also the the. Matthew Henry Bible, and there's another one that he'll reference occasionally, but it's uh, mostly King James. Okay. Oh, do you his, to know uh, his, his theological bent? Is he like a reformer uh, or the reformed tradition, you know, like Presbyterian, or is he dispensationalist in his eschatology? Do you know any of those kind of things about him? It's none of that. It's none of that. He set up his his uh, practice according to what I I know um, to preach um, about the founding fathers, really, and to preach you know the how the founding fathers influenced this country, how the founding fathers set up this country. He's very much. Um, uh, well, he better concentrate on he better concentrate he better concentrate on how that's all been lost and how it's been corrupted. And he has, and I, I you know, I have not found anything that I know that there are people that don't like him. I know there are people that find fault with him. I understand that, but I have gotten major documents from him, like I, I've gotten. Uh, you know, John Locke's book from him. Right. I've gotten uh, many, many, many of our founding documents from his was, site. Was that? Uh, was, and and I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make anyone go to him who doesn't. I just thought I would bring up he is not a 501c3 church. He left it. He left it behind. He does not have... Anyway, I'll do the research on what you said. Okay, well, I and, think it's you're fighting. You know, I wanted to say. Uh, who, who are we He's none of those. He's not right, a right, hold on, hold on. There's too much confusion going on here. We're talking about Chuck Baldwin. What I find interesting, Kay, is that Gary, who's obviously a brother here, uh, if has actually talked with him and attended his services and has that to say about it. So that's what I find provocative. You can write one thing and people can read it, but when you actually have personal contact, it can be a horse of a different color. So that's what I find provocative here. Well, Roger, I understand. My class. I understand. Baldwin and can't stand him. And neither me. can I. I wouldn't even wipe my feet on the man. That's how low I think he is. Wow. Well, oh my that's god. A pretty, that's a pretty that big is, uh, disparity of opinion. Roger, and the and the I, founding fathers were not here for the people. They were against the people. They did not they enslaved us. They were not here for us. They were there for themselves. Some of them were with I did not I don't know I agree with absolutely that. Absolutely true. All of my study after all of my study of the Founding Fathers and their original documents, I have this particular packet here. After reading everything that they said, I can very much, very much say that what you are saying is not true. It is not true. It is, however, a communist, it is a communist um, 
what is what was that called? It's not a plank. It's one of the things that they do when they're taking over a country. They have to degrade the founding fathers and make them look bad right. and make them look like they were like like they were very very bad. Like do they do they even set talk about they Thomas Jefferson going to court to free all of his slaves? He lost that he went to court to free them all. Do they even talk about that? Absolutely not. They're Absolutely not. So okay. I don't. I don't want to go there because I have done the research okay. on it, um, and our so founding fathers did not okay. try to enslave. Okay. I'm sorry. That's omissions. wrong. Omissions I, are the worst lies. You can't have read everything if you don't know. Jefferson took out all of Christ's words in in the Bible. He has. Okay. I think that's a lie. No, it's true. I, I absolutely think that's a lie. Well. That I think that's a lie. Think. Well, that might be what you think, but made that's up. not true. You have to do the research. Her, mi- her mind is made up, guys. Okay, so, um, hey, Kay, we, um, we listen God, to you. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Five people can't talk at once. Who is the female? I was just going to ask if Kay can email me the um, the documents that she has. Unless they're like now, okay. Now this it is, is an entire packet. I can I can email you where you can get it, and I can email you what it's called. Um, but it's an entire. I mean, there's probably three hundred documents in here. Um, it's called the Freedom Documents, and um, it's not expensive. But I think it's about thirty to thirty-five dollars. Um, and it's uh, there's there's too many for me to email you, but I will will email you where you can get it, and uh, and we can go from there. I just I have the capability to put all that into email. Sorry, <laughs> and and yeah, okay. <laughs> but that's not the entirety one, of the documents. One thing that we know, you know. absolute positive sure that's absolutely true is that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Okay. I can tell you something else is true. Mm-hmm. All the people that signed the Declaration of Independence were pretty well off, and every one of them lost everything they had. Okay. And many of them lost their lives. Correct. Uh, and and uh, I would always say, and, and I want to say this about it, because... Jesus said it, and I really, I really look at it as a way to uh, evaluate people around me, and that is you can know them by their fruits. So I don't know if that's an exact thing, but you, you know, you look at their fruits. What do they produce? What, what are the actual things that they do, etc. And look at what the founding fathers put into action. It's one of the most of the freest societies that this planet that we know of, at least, has ever had. And it led the way. And I'm not saying it's great right now because it obviously is not. But all I'm saying is that the fruits of their work set an entire people free. And that cannot be overlooked. And, And these documents, if you read these documents... You see their point of view. They're not out for themselves. They're doing this because they want a free country. 
Uh, remember, anyway, remember uh, it's only the second. You can in a second. It's only the second time in the history of the planet where men have had natural God-given rights. Okay, the first time was the first two hundred years of Rome. Our country was the second time. So you can disparage those guys as much as you want and say whatever you want and pick and choose little tidbits and whatnot. But the overall the overall picture is what it is. Okay. And our enemies had to go to great lengths to overturn that. Yes. Is that you, Jeff? Yes, sir. The only way the founders could protect their freedom was to protect ours. It's true. I agree. And they, they did they did their best. The other thing that I really don't like about what we're doing is that people are saying things about the founding fathers that they are not here to talk back to. I mean, UK, you probably you know, weren't listening. There's no due process. There's there's no due process. I, Somebody I, says something and it's or writes something. And it's oh my goodness, it's fact. They're not here to say something bad. There's no due process. You say founding fathers. And it, due like process is important in the Bible. You say founding God fathers. works through due process. You say founding fathers as if they're Santa. They were men. Of course they're men, Murph. Exactly. Nobody's going to argue like that. Exactly. Good point, okay. Murph. But look what they accomplished, Murph. Roger. Yes. Please. Um Don't. This is the way I look at it. The rank and file of this country, in spite of our founders, kept us free a long time. Okay? These founders, at least 20 of the signers, were working for the crown. And you had patriots in there as well. But in general, that they didn't have the authority to even do what they did with the Constitution. They were supposed to be amending the Articles of Confederation, which they did not do. So the country was guided by God because the people in this country believed in God, despite a lot of rats in the woodwork. That's my opinion about There's it. There's always been rats in the woodwork. I mean, Listen, look at the guys that donated the land to Washington, D.C. were Catholics, for God's sakes. There was a lot of satanic stuff, too. But the Constitution, the convention for it, the Anti-Federalists Federalists weren't even considered. They held it in an upstairs room, draw, drew all the drapes, had guards at the door, and swore each other to 50 years of secrecy. Not the Anti-Federalists, the Federalists, sir. You, you, you've was, erred. Yeah, well, that was the Federalists. I said the Anti-Federalists weren't even allowed. We don't hear from them, is what I'm saying. All we hear is about the Federalists. There's a Federalist Society. There's no Anti-Federalist Society. And I'm the Anti-Federalists anti were the ones that lost their fortunes and their lives, not right. the Federalists. Oh, right, right. I'm just saying they're not considered at all. And they're the ones that we should hear from. You hear, hardly hear anything about Patrick Henry, and he was the father of this country. If anyone was, he had, what, 12 or 17 children? You know, and his speeches and everything. All we hear is, give me liberty, give me death. Why don't we hear any more from him? Why don't we even know who Luther Martin was? Who for many years... Well, was... well all, all I can say is go listen to Chuck Baldwin. There's a pre there's a yeah. sermon that he does do where he quotes Patrick himself. Henry. He gives do, Patrick Henry's sermon. Do research. He did more than one sermon and one speech. 
Do research for yourself. Don't put men before God. That's the first commandment. Thomas Jefferson was Nobody's a Unitarian. Nobody's putting men before God, Murr. That's what Pastor No one are. is putting men before God. Uh, men are, they are, they are not perfect, okay? There is no perfect man alive, and anyone has, has things in their past that they could be called to task for. For goodness sakes, we are people. Right. We're not gods. They did their best. If you read these sounding documents, Roger. you can see they did their best. And now I'll shut up. And someone's Roger. trying to talk over um, them. Every, Go ahead. America. Every time someone is talking, Kay talks over them. And no one can speak because she's speaking so loud. Nadine was trying to talk in there, and she can't even talk. And Murr's trying to Wow, what a slap in the face. My goodness, who are you? That was a real slap in the face. My goodness, hey, you are loud. We're going to... Hey, you're, you're way too loud, you're, chill. You're, you're well, good for me. Good for me. You know what? So are the founding pastors. They they breathe fire and brimstone. Okay? There is a time when anger is the right emotion. What did they sound? Right, and that's not now. Okay, there's other people that need the platform too, Kay. Okay. Um, what I was about to say... What's your name? What, what what is your name? Was that Nadine? Who was that? Who was that that talked? I just want to know, please. Who was that that said that? That slapped me in the face. What's her name? That was what's Mar- her name? That was Mirka. That okay. wasn't Mirka. Yeah, was someone else. Oh, yeah. what? Okay. Nadine is trying to talk. Oh, yeah. You could you could put you could you could talk about me now behind my back because I'm I'm gonna go. Okay. I know her name now. Thank you. Right. We don't Thank do Kay. that, Kay. Don't right. go, Kay. You don't go, Kay. You don't go, Kay. Did Kay go? Okay. Don't go away, man. Wow. We uh, don't get into a session like that too often around here. No, and I'm sorry for that. Kay's obviously passionate. Uh, Kay does exceptionally good research, folks. She's written 20-something books on Indian culture, you know. Uh, so, Nadine, what were you going to ask? Novels, right? Yes. Go ahead, uh, uh, Nadine. Yes, I learned something new every day. And I learned that one thing, the many of the founding fathers were Marxists. Plants. And, and uh, what do you call it when you uh, give honor to the, uh, the king and uh, the king of England? When you give um, honor to him, when when you are, no, it's uh, I think it starts with an M. Thing, I, would, was, I no. think allegiance is what you mean. Yeah, allegiance. Monarch, monarchists. Monarchists. Yes, that's what it is. They were monarchists. Some of them were. Some of them. Well, you know what Brent said that surprised me is that the reason they call it New England is because they left England to come over and try and uh, set up something to go take back England over and stop the stuff that was going on. And I'm not sure the king and the uh, uh, all the circumstances, but that that was their original intent, and that's why they called it New England. Now they were Marxists. Well, some of them were, obviously. A lot of them were Puritans, Nadine, because my family was on the Mayflower, all right? They weren't Marxists. 
I mean, mm-hmm. they, they were they were strong Christian people. One of the sales girls, this according to all my grandfather and his brother's genealogical research, okay, one of the females married Roger Williams. He damn sure wasn't a Marxist. Okay, so you can't paint you can't paint a broad brush here. Just like with the whole Jewish issue, you can't paint a broad brush. It's not correct. You got to go in and identify these people that aren't the regular Jews. This and I heard a guy on uh, Al, a guy from New York, Alex, was interviewing yesterday. Really sharp guy, and he calls him. He said, "I call them Genos, Jews in name only. Th- those are your reformed." Okay, so you got to realize that these were men. It's you got all these different factions and stuff involved, and you just can't paint a broad brush. Okay, I know one thing. I remember reading one of Thomas Jefferson's quotes about slavery, Nadine, and he said, "Slavery is like holding a wolf by the ears. You can't afford to hold it, and you can't afford to let it go." That's how divisive that issue was all the way back then. Okay. So well, I think it is an error that they say they were the, the founding fathers were Christian. They were not. Well, some of them were. Some of them maybe weren't. Okay. You can again don't paint with a broad brush, Nadine. There's discretion in here. Uh so Roger. Uh, out of all of that hair pulling contest we just yeah. went through, can somebody come out with something? Here's a here's a male voice. What do you what do you uh, got? Uh, Roger, this is Samuel yeah. and uh I have a brand new phone and when I set it up with Jitsi, I cannot get the mute to unmute. Can anybody tell me what's going on? Star six. What's that? Uh that's for mute or unmute. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And the other thing I wanted to say, before, what Ken was talking about, his his judge friend, um, this guy hasn't gone through the John B. Wells test yet, so he, he might ask the judge if he's his, his own man or whether he's influenced well, by no, other people. Were, the judge saw his affidavit. Well, I know, I know the story, but like I said, the judge hasn't been called by uh, the powers that be to say, uh, well... You know, we really don't want you well, to. Uh, you know, we got to understand. He's probably a state judge. Okay, uh-huh. not a. I addressed judge. that, saying that he could be a member of a club that I'm not a a member of. Um, so that's why I want to take great cautions to make sure that when the message is delivered, that it's delivered correctly and in a timely manner and without interference. Um, so if it's done piecemeal here and there, whatever, that's what I'm trying to avoid, trying to get one sit down with him to get the entire thing across and well, also I, address well, that, yeah, you I know, we may be playing on. with yeah. fire. So that, that cool. I'm very concerned about that because generally you don't get to be in that position unless you're a member of a particular group. And that's a huge concern because once I expose myself, then that entire group is then turns, you know, all their cannons at me. So I know what's going down here. I I can't, you can't, two people can't talk at once. Who was trying to say something? uh, Yeah. If, if, if you compare that to Roger had all this time, with John B. Wells, now John was all ripping and raring and ready to go, and then somebody 
intervene. That's what I'm saying. That's all. I addressed that, too, with the Sinclair group. Research Sinclair. And I may be wrong. That might not be. That may not be who he's connected with. That's just who it seems to me that I've heard and I've put it together in the past. I may be wrong. Okay. Interesting. No, I think it's a wonderful thing. I'm just saying that, I mean, all these guys, you know, they've got strings attached to them. They have pensions. They get paid. Um they get the right phone call, what do you think they're going to do? Now, hopefully he's his own man, and he can't be influenced like that. But I'm just saying, it's a possibility. Well, well he's already again, seen the information um, because he saw Ken's affidavit, and it's pretty well, damn clear-cut and straightforward, folks. Well, I think John B. Wells saw it, too, Roger. <laughs> well, I think That's so, all. too. But the point, okay. the point that's being missed here is that uh, are, Samuel, are you saying that you didn't send out notices to the IRS and to your local sheriff and all of that? Did, did you not do that? What's the difference, whether I did or not? I'm talking about what it's, it a, yes or no, it's a yes or no question. Yes or no question. I have not. Okay. Well, the, the whole point of doing that is to inform these people so you could just take this from the perspective of that's a way of doing the same thing um, rather yeah. than thinking that this will uh, change the world because I'm talking to the, a judge. Um, so that's either way, wonderful. it has to be done. And either way, I'm bearing myself uh, open to whatever the repercussions are, which could be severe. You know, when you live in a small town, Everybody knows everything, and it, it could put me in grave danger. But that's not the reason. I, I don't fear that because I fear God, and whatever happens is going to happen. Well, and, you know, I didn't I search this guy out. He was right in my face and uh, just started talking to him like I would any normal person. And so I'm only following through because of that. Uh, um I was trying to go through the sheriff's office to educate them. And this is just an opportunity that just dropped in my lap. Um, it, it's not uh, saying that he's the end all. And, you know, I specifically address the fact that there, there's a significant possibility that, um, you know, it could be a career ending, career ending move for me. Anyhow, oh, I, don't I appreciate so. what you're trying to say. I, I don't want to be, argumentative well again um, if something like neither. that was career ending for you then we all know what time it is don't we right and the other thing i wanted to chime in on is that what happened was uh, in the founding of this country is you had groups of people that were trying to escape uh catholic persecution and then after that you had catholics here trying to prevent the protestant reformation and that's what's still going on, and that's what's almost completely done now. And and the only way out of this is through God's true people to seek his face and to come before him humbly in prayer and, um, you know, as Mary would chime in and say, to turn from their wicked ways and to yes. seek him out. Um, so uh, that's the, the incredibly important part that... We're now doing that, and 
the national thing is a byproduct of that. So the foundation of being a U.S. national is our fear of God and not fear of man. And it could take everything. It could, you know, we may have to give up everything in order to do this. But uh, anyhow, I don't want to ramble on too much. Samuel, I appreciate your chiming in, and I'm not against you. I'm with you. Um, and I appreciate your, your comments, um, as well as all the comments. Um, I'm disappointed that Kay bugged out and couldn't take the heat in the kitchen, but um, everybody needs to be able to take their to, to state what they think is true and correct, but what it all boils down to is what is their relationship with Christ and do they profess Christ and... Um, if they truly do, then they're going to seek to, to be in an environment that promotes that. And I don't think 501c3s do that. So I don't know the guy, uh, Mr. Baldwin or Pastor Baldwin, whatever his name is. Um, but um, uh, the, the bottom line is, what does he say about Christ? And even then, you have people who lie. They're members of organizations who lie through their teeth so that they can uh, basically be a steering committee. Um, and anyhow, it's, it's complicated, but, you know, uh, you have to go with the basics first and then go from there. Um, oh gosh, yeah, there's so much I want to say, but I'll, I'll just, just like ramble to on, to, so I'll, I'll, I'll yield. Hold on, I, just, I would just like to say to Kay, and maybe you too, Roger, uh, <laughs> Jefferson, Washington, and Adams did not die young, and they did not die poor. These were men of influence, and they always were. were. Absolutely. Well, well this, this idea that they all all gave up everything uh, for I the country that that the, the anti federalists did. The federalists, I said, a lot the of them people were that the signed the Declaration of Independence, Samuel. Well, they all signed. They That's, all signed. A lot of the people that came here were looking to set up another monarchy, not just well, about that's, religion. That's all they knew. Well, they wanted to be on top this time. Well, everybody well, always wants to be on top every time, Mur. Well, I'm just saying there's a whole lot more deep research than a packet. Roger, there's a new student in the... All um, that's Jitsi. fine. I care about getting us out of the conundrum we're in. The country was set up concerning all of the different factions and problems pretty damn well, okay? It got it was so well that they had to go down the line and start a war to put these mechanisms in place to corrupt it, okay? Who's the new student, Mirka? Amy, and I think she's going to try to unmute, if not call in. Okay. I'm not sure what right. she's going to do. Amy, if you'd like to come forward... Uh, our shows usually aren't this contentious, not that that's a bad thing. People can have difference of opinions, but generally we don't get into that kind of a situation occasionally. Amy, are you there, sweetie? Okay. Well, I guess that answers that. Hey, hey, All right. Hold I on. think Roger, she's going to call in. Okay. Gary? Yeah. Uh, please, I ask that nobody interrupt me. Okay. Pretty hard. I want to apologize. Here. I want to apologize to Kay. Kay, if you're getting the spiritual feeding that you need from Mr. Baldwin, I applaud that. 
and I apologize and ask your forgiveness for my outburst. It was not professional, um, and that goes to the audience too. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Gary. Um, Roger, if I may. Sure, Paul. Um, there, there's a lot of a lot of people out there that are talking to people, and one of the the most effective things that they say that gets people to side with them and follow their message is I'm under attack. I've been attacked by, by this person, that person, the other person, because people love an underdog and people love to come to the rescue and to stand with somebody who is under attack. And sometimes a lot of times those statements are, are well founded that those people truly are under attack, but there's a lot of people out there that throw that out because they know it gives them instant credibility. We just have to be careful to look deeper than the instant credibility. That's, that was my only comment. Uh, Ken, I'm surprised you've never come across Chuck Baldwin. He's been out there for a long time. Uh, I'm familiar with the name, but I, I don't, I, I really don't follow anybody in particular anymore. Um, I'm, you know, being my particular theological persuasion or theological bent, there are very few people out there that have it all, but I do try to listen to everything that's out there because, uh, even, uh, the Whopper lie contains a lot of truth and you can sometimes pull things out of the big lies that are very helpful in your uh, seeking truth, your quest for truth. Um, but I do want to reemphasize that the politics follow the religion. And so no matter what the political ploys are that are going on, they're all based on some form of religious, uh, theological, or philosophical even persuasion. And so that's foundational. Um, uh, so I, I think it's important that people understand. It's, it's very important what somebody's um, foundation is to understanding what their intentions are politically. And at the same time, you know, just like in the movie, uh, The Patriot, uh, they went and recruited people, you know, who were uh, to help with the militia who were, you know, at the bar and drinking and, you know, our MDR kind of hardcore people, but they wanted to be free. And so, um, you know, there's, there's an aspect of, of, you know, that's a, that's not a political thing. That's a fundamental uh, right or, or belief in a, a right to be free, even if you have uh, theological or religious uh, differences. Um, free to worship as you feel called to do or free to wander as you feel free to do. So if we can unite in that, and then take time out to, you know, argue, find points and, and whatever. But um, it's easy to get caught up. And, and there are people that stoke flames and, and all of that. Uh, we, we know that that's going to continue to happen. So we need to um, 
I really appreciate what uh, Gary uh, just did. That what that it takes big kahunas to do that in front of everybody. And um, I even had something I wanted to recant and and talk about. And now I'm all distracted. I don't even remember what it is. But uh, it's just easy to do that when you're talking about emotional issues and um, these these political. Uh, ploys that are happening that are really terrible. People are, can just be horrible, evil, awful people and, you know, put on a, a mask of, uh, you know, a pastor or a politician or whatever it is. But those who truly seek to be free, um, you, you just can't get past that. It, it, you know, they're going to say and do things that are indicative of that. And well, anyhow, I, I don't want to ramble on too much, but I appreciate everybody out there and I appreciate everybody being able to chime in. And I've learned so much from you all um, that it's such a blessing that we just need sometimes group and, and, and thank God for this opportunity because it, it could end at any moment. And I yield. Thank you all. Okay. Hey, Russ. Well, there's Alan. Hey, Alan, would you like to come in and pull somebody's hair? Oh, Lord, no. Uh, I, I just hadn't heard anybody say, but it kind of hit me that possibly that judge was placed in front of him by the Lord because there is a message that needs to hear from Ken. Very, very possible. I mean, a chance oh, meeting uh, at, a, at a toy counter, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it could be that, that there was a divine hand in there for that judge to be there and that maybe Ken needs to teach the judge something. That's the thought that I have. You eat an elephant one bite at a time, Alan. Yeah. Roger, I had a little report on joining Jitsi with the new phone. Um, I got a pop-up. Um, as soon as I opened Jitsi, and it says, this is verbatim, I wrote it down. The room name is unsafe. Unwanted participants may it's join. It's unsafe because it doesn't have an anonymous. I could I can make it password protected. And oh, that, okay. And I then it would be safe. Point. Okay, it's not okay. safe. It's open so everybody can join. Cool. All right. I just wanted to. So let you know. when you get a pop up that says that, don't hit the yes button, or you're going to put a damn password in for all of us. Okay. Okay. And where do you get star six on the keypad? Uh, it, where is that? Is that located? I, I, There's he's, not. He's that, not. That's for that, people. That's for people that are dialed in by telephone. Correct. That doesn't apply to the Jitsi. Correct. Okay. So, so why is my mute not working, Paul? I, I have probably. I don't have no idea. It's probably something with the phone. Be my guess, Samuel. Samuel. Yeah. Samuel, go into the setup and tell it to mute on opening. And then your mute will work. Ah, there mute. you go. Mute on opening. Somewhere okay. in those little selections there, the little dots. I saw go that your side many different different shots at it, and I just couldn't get it one way or the other. I don't know which one I did, but nothing nothing worked. So, anyways, thank, thank you. you. So All it's right. like getting the uh, microphone before you come in the Jitsi. you got to allow it, and then you got to undo it once you get in, right. too. Right. I'm, I missed an awful lot. I just got here, but Kay had come in before when DW was on and, and sprung that, you know, defending the founding fathers. And we have to change our terminology and just remember they were men. 
of all different stripes. There were you some know? good ones, and there are probably some bad ones, okay, just like any other group. Well, when it comes to government, there seems to be an overload of ones that – the ones that keep participating are often the ones just like now, just like Election Day, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. But I want to hear what Gary – I'll have to listen to the archives – and I appreciate Gary apologizing. Forgiveness is most important. But I'm curious, too. You said you met Chuck Baldwin? John went to his church. Mm. I went to his church. I know numerous people that went to his church. Half my class on Monday night went to Chuck Baldwin's church. I know a lot of stuff about Mr. Baldwin that's not public knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, so that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to revisit this topic. You got to form your own opinions and you got to be led by the spirit. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, though, for that information, because as Lorraine Day says, all the churches are satanic. We aren't supposed to be sitting there looking up to whoever's telling us what to do instead of reading our Bible and praying to God, looking for guidance. That's what the synagogues do. That's where they got this churches from that type of setting. There was no church for 4000 years. You know, well, so and one other thing too about that church, it is not a five hundred one c three, it is a five hundred eight. Now go look that up in the IRS. Yeah, code. they got different designations for them. Which which is a which is a five hundred eight Baldwin's or another one, Gary? I'm confused. Baldwin's. Okay, so he did go in and get a category. It's just not five hundred one c three. It's five hundred one. C8 or something, 5018. 508. I'll look that up. I, I do remember looking that up before. But you can tell a lot once you are close with God. You can trust yourself just by people's voices and the way their mannerisms. You know, is this someone I really want to become, you know, let come between me and God? You know, so just got to like to. I would like to comment on the last thing Ken says about the times these men were living in and how that influenced their political and maybe religious areas as well. And I think guys like Jefferson uh, was part of that big movement at the time of enlightenment. And these guys considered some of these old stories in the Bible and such like that, especially the miracles to just be fabrications and guys like Patrick Henry, which, the only reason we have the Bill of Rights is because of him, was considered by these enlightened men a bit of a danger because he was the most Christian man among, among them. He And he was a great orator. That's why you don't hear much about him now. You know? Oh, and yeah. Jefferson, Jefferson said when he heard him speak, he said uh, he was really amazed at it. And he said, Patrick Henry, he says he speaks like Homer wrote. You know, but and they a lot of them were deists. But then later, he and Madison wrote to each other, and they uh, fervently wanted him, uh, him to die, <laughs> pray for him to die, Patrick Henry. And they they specifically excluded him from the Constitutional Convention. Yep. Have you all heard about the clergy response teams, where they send out? pastors and preachers to smaller towns to take names seems like i have heard about that but it's a long time ago get them ready for fema
I'd much rather concentrate on the political and the legal stuff than, than all of this, honestly. We're very fortunate that we've got one of our own, Brent Winters, who's a pretty damn studied and knowledgeable man. And if you don't have a church service that you, you, you attend, you may want to consider checking into Brent's service tomorrow. It's a little bit different. He uses his own Bible, uh, but uh, we all know Brent. We all know his background. We all know his intentions. Okay, we all know his motives. So there's an alternative for you. Do we have any? You know, Roger Brent. Brent said that uh, all of this stuff that we're doing here and now, and this this should should not be uh, income orientated or you know like we're going to get a tax break. Or, it's because it's it's our duty. That's what Period. I consider it to be. You know, it's very yeah. interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about it. I heard an example that stimulated my thinking on it the other day. Uh, and, of course, I teach because I, the way I learned, uh, rights and duties are correlative. Okay, Brent comes in and says they're the, the same thing, you know, which is a little bit higher. I, I don't disagree with him. Just a little bit higher uh, bit of the process, especially if you're new to this. Okay, and starting to learn some of this law now. I think I mentioned Erd Ed Vieira on rent, so I don't know, a couple of months ago. And he made the statement, he's also a very educated guy, Ed Vieira, and uh, said that uh, rights arise out of duties. So there's three different ways to look at it. They're correlative, they're the same thing, and one arises out of the other. But the example I heard was if you and your family and somebody's coming to, and I don't remember whether it was uh, in this trans crap or if it was a jab thing, but the illustration's the same, and you're protecting your family from that, is do you have a right to protect them from that, or do you have a duty to protect them from that? And I thought it was a really interesting, I've thought about it a couple of times and, and, and noodled on it a bit, and I think that's a very good illustration of what Brent is saying, that they're the same thing, okay? But uh, just a little interesting twist, but it's very important from the standpoint that you understand those concepts. And I think uh, I do this uh, out of uh, to protect my own God-given rights now, as you, you guys know, and also because uh, it's a duty. Uh, when I was the only one that knew this stuff, it was just a, a, a drive within me to get it out there, not to protect myself. I was in Argentina. But uh, uh, from the standpoint of I know how important it is, I know how inimical, inimical it is to our enemies, and I know how the power we've got of what we've got right here, see. And that was my drive, but it was out of a sense of duty. And I just thought that was a little interesting illustration. Do you have a right to protect your family, or do you have a duty to protect your family? That's, that's an interesting question. Noodle on it. Anybody got anything? Don't, don't you have both? Well, yeah, you do have both, and that, but it's just the way of approaching you thinking about it. Okay, as I said, John taught us that formula: R plus D equals R. That formula controls the world, and it has rights and duties with a plus sign. And his teaching was that they're correlative. In other words, you have a right to life, but you've got a duty not to go take somebody else's life. Okay. So uh, Brent says they're the same, and that illustration I just gave is a pretty good indication as to that. And then Vieira's that rights arise out of duties. 
which means basically the same thing. But it's it's just interesting, and I thought that example made me stop and think a little bit, quite frankly, and I wanted to mention it on the air. Okay, somebody else got something? Did Amy ever get connected with us, Marka? Amy, calling Amy, new student Amy. Okay, guess not. I, I don't know. Yeah, okay. she's not on the board anymore. All, so all right. I'm well, not sure. sorry if she couldn't get in or whatever. Uh, anybody else got anything they'd like to bring forward? Yeah, Roger. Yeah, Gary. One of the things that we forgot as a society is the duties that is assigned by God to man to protect their family, to educate their children, to put food on the table. God assigned those duties to us. That's right. We've turned it over to the state. You send your kids to the public exactly. school. You go get all the food uh, that, that's gone through all of there where they put all kinds of crap in it. All, all these things are totally corrupted, okay? And that's why uh, I, I believe in Revelation it says, come out of her, my people come out of her. Remove yourself from that, you know? Yeah, and the state, the state has wanted to uh, and has replace God, the third God, just like the devil tries to replace God or Satan. Well, he's yeah. done, he's done that with the state. He's filled it full of devils, worshiping devil. Unfortunately, that's where we are, you know. And why back and they, to, back to Thomas Jefferson, what Thomas Jefferson say? Eternal vigilance. Eternal vigil. They've kept us so busy with uh, they've kept us so busy with entertainment and the two oh, families yeah, having distractions and materialism. People in, yeah, having to work just to make ends meet. Uh, all that has added up to them replacing God in their lives, and they've got their monarchy, as Nadine said. But they're the monarch. The government is the monarch, and that we're the plebes that should be doing everything that the monarch said the subjects and subject to the yeah. jurisdiction thereof exactly yep yeah then the, uh, the government is the sovereign well that's right it, it, except we in our little approach can remove that and they don't have those controls over us anymore that's why they're so freaked out about this you know, it gives us our freedom, and it exposes them simultaneously. And there's nothing they can do about it. That's the power the of what public. we do here. Raj? Yeah, Paul. The public school system was created, so neither of the parents had to stay home to educate and to watch the children. It's the same reason that they did preschool and Head Start and all of that. If you relieve the parents of the responsibility of educating and monitoring their children, then that leaves both parents freely able to work. And the upside is, is they get to pay for the school with their taxes. Right. Well, you know what? Uh, Rousseau w was told by one of the Rockefellers because he hung around in that crew. You know, Rousseau, I'm talking about, Paul, Aaron no. Rousseau that did freedom to fascism. Okay, yeah. He was a producer, Hollywood guy. He's a Jew, Russo. He did The Rose. I think his claim to fame was he discovered Bette Midler. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. 
I love that when I was in. That's bad. Do do what, Nadine? I love her. I love her. Well, I know, but she's a bitch. Okay, and the way the reason I can tell you that is one. And I, 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 the big guy that was head of CBS, um, Clive Davis. Y'all probably never heard these names. Is from my record business stuff. Clive Davis ran CBS Records for a long time, and something about Bette Midler went up to a party and slapped Clive Davis for not playing the record or something. I don't remember, but uh, she was a bitch. Okay, she's a little like a Barbara Streisand, another little Jewess. But anyway, that was Aaron Russo's Definitely. claim to fame, and that's how he got into Hollywood. And in that conversation that he r- related on that freedom of fascism and he was talking he, he mentioned about uh, something about women working and Rousseau said don't you know why we did that because then we get twice as much tax benefits mm-hmm. okay so that was that was Rousseau's statement in that movie and the children turned over to the and of course uh, they, yeah, they, then they get to go in and get indoctrinated and we see that with all the purple haired wackos that are out there these days man yeah tropical fish this guy that was up from new york i think his name was mcginnis that i was listening to i wasn't familiar with him but he's really good i thought and uh he's hanging around with alan stein he was at alan stein up in penn state when they shut down the the thing they were doing that night recently i guess y'all have seen Maybe some of you have seen some of the videos of that where Stein goes outside, they're spitting on him and all that stuff, and he's just out there conjovian with them. Uh, but this guy was involved with that, and the other night he was supposed to do uh, a, a, somewhere in New Jersey, and uh, the the Antifa got on text now, text, and started texting the mayor of that town, about what what they're going to do or whatever else. He goes to the sheriff, and the sheriff goes and shuts down the venue, and the guy didn't get to do a a performance. And he went back and got a hold of them, you know, and saying, do you know this is some overweight, purple-haired chick in Portland that's stopping you from doing your job? And he he said, look, they're making me a ton of money because I'm suing the city, I'm suing all these people, and I'm suing Penn State. But one purple-haired bitch, wacko Antifa, texting a mayor of a town got him shut off from doing something at a private venue. Okay, that that's where we're at, the reactionary part. And what are you doing? All you're doing is giving these creeps control because all you're doing is empowering them by reacting like that. That's the way they do it. That's the rules for radicals type approach, you know. For whatever it's worth, a couple of things I'd thought about lately. So has anybody else got anything uh, uh, pertinent here? We'd love to hear from you. I'd like to interject quickly. Please. Uh, that I placed kind of a, a lengthy post into the chat, and I think it's important information for people to do or to understand, or at least give it a look and see what you think. And, you know, if you disagree, that's fine as well, but... Uh, it's just basically analyzing our affidavit process and notice process from a commercial standpoint because you really are in a private administrative or a commercial process in doing this. So 
that's why I put it together and why I, you know, well, you're private. It now. You're, you're right over the target when you say private because you're removing yourself from public policy. And even the yeah. Attorney General of California, when the California folks were putting him on notice, wrote back and said, We recognize our private citizens, something to that effect, if I remember correctly. So you're right yeah. on that. Now, who is this that we're talking to? This is Mike in Arizona. Oh, hey, Mike. Okay, I didn't recognize your voice. You want to yeah. expand? Yeah, it's a private process. You're going in and, and removing yourself from the slave body politic. Sure. You know, you know, you you point out correctly that you know we're in, under the administrative state, but there's still a private administrative aspect to it as well, and that's the process that we're doing here. We're basically bringing the government into privity with our affidavit, and the way I explained it briefly is that when when you grab that affidavit or see that affidavit either online or in a post office, that's an offer by the Department of State to uh, document your political status. And by you submitting that application, you're accepting the offer. The way we're doing it with our affidavit attached is we're making a conditional acceptance, which we're saying that, sure, I accept your offer to document my status under these conditions, you know, listed in your affidavit. Then when they issue your your passport they've accepted your conditions that makes it pretty much law well you see here's the problem they don't have they don't have a way not to accept our conditions because you can go all the way back to vattel's law of nations and the statement every man has the right of personal political self-determination if you want to move to any country in the world they won't stop you they can't stop you because it's your choice not theirs sure but that's the importance of noticing the government entities oh absolutely make sure that they're aware that your passport was issued under these conditions and that they need to be aware of it and deal with you appropriately. Well, it doesn't even have to do with your passport. It has nothing to do with the passport. You can send one of these. Sure, it's, it's just that okay. you can do it without the passport, of course. But uh, that's yeah. the importance. But like I say, it's you've pretty much perfected it if you do it properly by the time you get your affidavit. Uh, you should have all your notices to the, the, the interested parties and given them the opportunity to uh, respond or rebut in before the passport's been issued. And then the passport really just kind of signifies the fact that, boom, you know, you've perfected your judgment because when it's unrebutted, it becomes a judgment in commerce. That's right. And, uh, and it applies to that judgment is effective to anybody you've noticed who didn't respond. So that's why I put that together to just give that view, make people think along those lines because that's obviously the way the, the, the commercial world works and pretty much everything that the government does and the way it operates is commercial. It's a commercial entity. Well, they have put you into commerce by giving themselves a property right and you allowing, you allowing them to have a property right in you. So uh, uh, what you're doing is just removing yourself from that. Sure, and this is the, the, the way to do it. There's so, no guy. I, there ain't a better way out there that I've ever heard of or seen, and nobody is as, as accurate as we are, you know. And I don't take credit for that. I give credit to John Benson. Okay, it's John Benson's forty plus years of sacrifice and legal research is the reason we're here today, folks, and that we've got this tool. Okay. I I, I, I stood on his shoulders. They were totally fixated on the tax issue, and so much to the point where they almost had blinders on. 
and and couldn't see this, you know. And all I did was stand on John's and Glenn's shoulders and take it up to the next level and put well, a few pieces. You still together. deserve credit. Well, I still I'll, deserve credit for having taken the baton and 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 run with it, and it, and you're still running with it, and and handing it to everybody who will listen. You know, yeah. so I think you need to. I need to acknowledge that fact. Well, I know, I know the contribution I've made. I just don't try not to get egotistical about it because, quite frankly, Mike, I don't know how the hell it happened to me. Okay? Well, I appreciate that. Sure. All right. I mean, I come from the most unlikely background to do this. All right? And why all this has happened can only be an act of the big guy because that, that's the only thing that explains it, really. Absolutely. Okay? So anyway, there's our whistler in the background. Our uh, our nine round wrestling match is over for the day. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, of course, on the. And I encourage y'all if you're not familiar with Brent, you've never listened to Brent's church service. Listen to Brent; he does a fabulous job. And uh, Thumper and I follow him over there. Uh, and then we'll be back tomorrow night on RBN. I have John uh, Kathy's and Kathy's got some real severe medical problems, folks. Uh, let's hope we don't lose her. Okay. Is it, 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 they're trying to get tests back to see if her kidneys have not totally failed. All right. So if you want to pray, pray, pray as a little prayer for Kathy. All right. And uh, so John will be over on at least maybe Kathy with us. Hopefully, if she's turned a little bit of a corner on Sunday night, and uh, then we'll be back on our regular schedule again the next day on Monday. I want to hear about John from Alpharetta getting $60,000 back from the IRS on his revocation of election. Some of you may want to pick up that baton and go forward with it too, but I want to hear from him exactly the process he used and how he did it. That's kind of exciting because there's another area we can take the offense in with these creeps. And, boy, that would hit them right square in the crotch right there. So I'm curious. Uh, we're about to end. Hold on a second here, Paul, if you will. Let me get my – excuse me. My stomach continues to act up. Let me get my bearings, and we're about to get checked out of Eurofolk, and we'll see you on Monday. Good folks.